Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, welcome to the 383rd episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Ben Steer. Thanks, Ben. At uh, the high tier, we appreciate you. Shout out to Ben Steer at the high tier. I'm Warren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enloe. Today we've got Bonnie Dennison and Allison Barton on the show. They are a directing duo. They're also known as Bonnie and Allison. Bonnie and Allison. And Bonabart. And Bonabart. Lots of names. All of them represent two great directors. We got to know them as commercial directors, but they also do a fair amount of screenwriting. But we mostly talk about commercial directing with them. Yeah, they did also just move to, one of them moved to LA, one of them moved to Austin. They're they're going west, and we always like to see other people make the same mistakes that we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess you moved from Sacramento, so you went south. Yeah, no, but Bonnie and Allison, it was really fun talking to them. They have, like, such a cool brand. We talk a lot about how they came up with it, and some, I don't even want to spoil it, because it, it was such a good twist in the interview of what they do mm-hmm. on set and like how they stand out on set as a duo and i i'm on a the same roster as them that's how i kind of know about them i don't know like i know obviously we've had this podcast for like 28 years or however long it's been where mm-hmm. we talk to other filmmakers I think if you take one thing away from this podcast it's that you should talk to other filmmakers you learn yeah. a lot and it's fun and even if you're just trying to work on your own ideas it's just so helpful to talk to other film people about them. I'm glad that uh, we got them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Learned a lot. And uh, I think we should just hop into it as soon as we mention our Patreon, which is the place where you can throw us a couple bucks if you want to help support the show. Our costs continue to grow. Matt keeps parking the official podcast car uh, in places where there's street cleaning. We have thousands of dollars of parking tickets that we have to cover. Yeah. Uh, why do we have a why does a podcast have a car listen we don't want to bore you with the details if you want to find out <laughs> join our patreon uh i'm just kidding yeah patreon.com slash just shoot a pod we really appreciate anything you can give it just uh keeps fueling the medium paced tonal voices that we give you once a week the dulcet tones <laughs> yeah of enlo and kaplan when you run out of your funny podcasts, you get to listen to us. <laughs> Enough uh, sloppy bits. Let's get into the good stuff with Bonnie and Allison. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, hey, we're here with Bonnie and Allison, the directing duo that I'm constantly competing against. <laughs> Hi. No, you're our nemesis. <laughs> I think I lost a job to you like many years ago. Um, Ooh. Oh, really? Do you remember which job? Yeah, the Mindy Kaling Walmart job. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, a weird he was situation. Mad about that. Yeah, yeah. That's episode 252, if you want. Yeah. Be- and because... you were like, you were like, who the hell are these girls, probably? But guess what? Ta- flash forward to like last <laughs> week, you beat us out for a job, and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Allison was super salty about that one. It's funny because I. I'm like always like, who am I up against? And that job specifically was weird because client had asked two different companies to put up two different directors. So it was like a quadruple yeah. bid. But that's so and weird then, that they wanted within that company. Yeah. It seems like and For unhealthy. listeners at home, it, it, it's relatively uncommon that like one company is pitching more than one director. They kind of normally just back one entity, whether that's a duo or just a single director. And that's that. So they're not, they're not competing against themselves. That feels like um, a little bit of a conflict of interest, really. Yeah. And they usually oh, don't do that unless, I mean, our friends at Sawhorse do that all the time. They'll get the job, mm-hmm. but, in the, but they'll, the client will want to see like multiple directors. Multiple reels, so they'll yeah. have multiple directors. Oh. Or when I've, I've done stuff for um, Paramount, they yeah. pitch a few directors and we all have to write. Treatments. I guess what I'm describing is like the more quote unquote traditional model is a single house right. and a single director. Yeah, I think they're they're especially kind of in like the digital realm. There's a lot of like, oh, we're just going to hire a company and then we'll sort out who is directing it eventually. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess I thought uh, that our class was kind of um, well. They they don't they do that. And I, do, that's not cool. yeah. They don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they they warned us. They basically were like, just so you know, you're going against someone. It's within. gonna be a little weird. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and we were like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's get weird. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, when I, so that was the first job I actually pitched with art class on. And I was, when I found out that I was pitching against someone else at art class, I was, you know, so they have these, they have treatment designers on staff. So you work mm-hmm. with them and, you know, I, I assume most directors write their own treatments, but the, these people like help you do the layout and make them look pretty. And sometimes they'll pull images for you. Um, and so I was like, wait, so, is my treatment designer also designing the other person's treatment? Like I was like, are they using the same images that I'm using? Like I, I started mm-hmm. kind of getting a little weird about it. Um, Us too. Yeah, and, we uh, had the same question. Yeah, I don't and they're think like, there they are a though. couple images that you both selected. <laughs> and Interesting. I was like, oh, the guy with the hair. Did you that search like shot dog. for dog? <laughs> what? I never. Th- I wrote canine. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I say this on the podcast all the time, but it, shot deck, I love, I, but my main, mm-hmm. my main place is source creative. It's like where I get all of my, yeah. my stuff. Do you pull a lot of your own images? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Interesting. What about you two? In the beginning, we let someone else do the image pull and, and, uh, we just did all the written, um, and, you know, noted it and and stuff and they did the layout but uh recently we've switched it up 
Yeah, recently, I think it just helps. It, it just it takes a lot less work to just design it and pull yourself. I, at least that's what I'm finding. If you, mm-hmm. if we have the time, we'll do everything ourselves, including the layout, because it's like the noting of images and trying to like hone in on what your vision is in your head and get them to pull the correct image. Yeah, it's it's tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes we just don't have the time. On a practical level, though, as a duo, how does noting anything work, right? Like, do you group up beforehand and, like, do your own separate passes and then cross-reference? Or how how does that work? And how do you deal with a conflicting note, Um, especially early, early in the process? Uh, For, like, a treatment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, Allison will take lead of treatment notes because she's got a better eye for that, for sure. Like, I'll look at a treatment, uh, the first pass will be like, looks great to me. Let's go. Let's send this puppy through. And Allison will do a pass. Like, and uh, be that's like, an Amazon um, receipt, Bonnie. Exactly. <laughs> like, wow, whatever. Um, and she, uh, she'll do a pass and she'll be like, well, no, this margin is weird. And like, can we do a full bleed? And she'll have great ideas. I'm like, yeah, definitely what she said. So we've learned at this point, like, ideally, if she if she's, a you know, free as well, she, she'll do the treatment notes and I'll, I'll do a closer pass for like, you know, copy editing and stuff and try to pull my weight in that department because <laughs> I just don't have as keen an eye for for layout and things like that. Um, Bonnie's really good at like jokes and lines. Like if we're in a pitch like meeting, she'll be the one just riffing and like firing out one liners that are, you're like, holy shit, how'd she just think of that? Um, so we kind of just focus on each other's strengths and mm-hmm. it's different actually on set the way we work um, because we'll prep everything so heavily together that once we get to set, it's like we share a brain. So we can divvy up and one person can be with, you know, mm-hmm. wardrobe while the other person can be with camera. And we're not precious about like the notes, the person with the DP is giving or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we trust mm-hmm. each other implicitly. So, but a conflicting note. Yeah. I mean, we just been working together for like 10 years. So yeah. <laughs> we're not that e- precious right Vance? yeah yeah it doesn't happen a lot a and when it does um we're just pretty blunt with each other we kind of duke it out but it's never um <clears throat> it's never contentious yeah it's always like at some point someone's like either i don't care or um or <laughs> just re- realizes that the other person's uh right and we convince them but it's yeah it's, it's pretty egoless it's <laughs> i don't care <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is there i mean look I, for some boy, stuff <laughs> How nice to be able to say, I don't care to a directing partner, because that's maybe the <laughs> safest person you can say that to, you know, we can't like a wardrobe person, like the, the light blue or the sky blue. And you're like the sky. blue. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the way to say, I don't care in that scenario is you say, I really trust your opinion on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's what I mean. Like if one of us has a very strong feeling about it, and, you know, the other one will be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, if you've got something in your brain that I'm not seeing right now, run with it, um, is what I don't care really means. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, 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 of course. And commercials, too, yeah. though, you're prepping so much, like you said. Like, I I have a shoot tomorrow, and I've been so stressed for the last, like, oh 10 God. days about it. But now, tonight, I'm not stressed at all just because mm-hmm. we've literally talked about every single detail. You know, like, every single piece of wardrobe, every single camera angle, every single, like... Stunt I sing more to sleep after podcasts too. That's part yes, of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's got yeah. a horrible singing voice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. Uh, but, but if you prep everything, like you, um, like, you know, I, we joke about how you don't even like need to be on set, you know, if you've prepped everything yeah. properly. So I imagine if you're a duo at some point, it's like such a, such an advantage to be like, okay, we know the, you know, the plan, I know the plan, mm-hmm. you go do this part and I'll go figure out the fitting or I'll go rewrite the script or I'll go, you know, like fix this thing while you're doing the thing that we already planned out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So nice. Yeah. What, I, I, I was sorry before we move past right. that, because I feel like the decision-making process is really clear to me in, in pre-pro, right. But when you're on set 
And there are maybe those tiny discrepancies where, where like you're under a pressure cooker. Is it different or is it still like, hold on, we just need a second to quote unquote duke it out? Or or is it just has it has it literally never happened that like you disagreed by the time you got to set? No, we disagree. Probably once every shoot, we like have a little disagreement. The last time was I'm not going to say who We're was eating like, chicken for lunch. Mm-hmm. Is it true you guys split a meal if you're co-directing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah they're, they're, the GTA they're, rules are they're budgeted for one meal, yeah. and that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but we got in like a, a little tiff because my feelings got hurt because the celebrity like we were shooting with mm. was like kind of mean to me. <laughs> the, the celebrity was like nice to money and, and mean to me. And I was just like, what the hell? I would like literally pitch a joke. I would like pitch a joke and then Bonnie would say it louder and he'd be like, oh, oh yeah, that one, that one. <laughs> uh, that's how most directors ended up directing, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it louder. Yeah. Just the loudest voice in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually there's one, yeah, I'd say per shoot, there's one thing that we disagree on. It, sometimes it could be something like, a, you know, a production design element or something that obviously, like, like you said, is a little different in person. And I think what will actually usually happen is there'll be like a mini dramatic moment between the two of us that like no one else could perceive. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, you he says something. Yeah, just a little thumb wrestle or like, you know, one of us says something in a tone that the other one to everyone else. It's like a dog whistle. Everyone else will just be like, that's normal. But to us, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, she's pissed. Um, <laughs> but then we really squash it very quickly um, and move on because it's. Yeah, we usually see the other person's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if we are on different pages pretty soon. I think like. You know, we've we, we've asked duos this question a lot, like how do you deal with conflict on set? But I recently I've kind of been thinking that, like we just said, like by the time you get to set, it's not the conflicts aren't mm-hmm. big anymore, no. especially in the commercial world. Like I've been, the you know, I've had shoots where the writer and I are, t- and I've just met them on that job, or like an agency person or a client, and then we're like just totally in sync with each other. Or they're like, wait, what if we try doing it in reverse? And you're like, yeah, that is cool. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that conflict really comes from probably in narrative stuff where each detail yeah. isn't as pre-planned out, you know? Yeah, the amount of planning you get for a 30-second spot relative to a yeah. 90, 100, three-hour movie, whatever it is, you know, um, it's kind of apples and oranges in a certain sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or if it's a tonal thing. You know. I, I do have the sense that a lot of the jobs that we've had the and maybe this is because we're a duo and and people know we can handle more like we do get like chonkers like really mm-hmm. big like one like a couple months ago we filmed 20 commercials in a oh. day that's um, i could that do 40 is, that is a chunker <laughs> um, yeah that's crazy you don't want that's, it awesome. <laughs> you don't no, want no, it no. like we, yeah. we actually were so proud of ourselves at the end but like I do feel like a, some of it, any conflict that we have is just because we don't always get the luxury of like more than three takes on like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a yeah. lot of the shoots that we're doing, like maybe yeah. that's everyone. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. naive to think it's just us, but no, but, that, but that's fair. It's um, like, it's easy to be like, ah, oh, well, we'll, we'll both have a take, but if you, all, you mm-hmm. two were warm up and you know, you only have one left, then it's decision time. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for the day where we get to film one or two 30 seconds. <laughs> like, a for, and that's the yeah. only thing we're shooting. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for that. Can we talk about how you guys became a duo? I mean, it's not, you, you started out writing, right? And then kind of became a directing yeah. duo. Can you give us the Cliff's notes on, on that and why you did it? And if you direct everything together or if it's just like the commercial career, can you give us a little rundown? All right. What year is it? Okay. So we met a was it 10 years, years ago, ago now, a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. So we met when um, our boyfriends at the time introduced us and we were both actors. And so they're like, oh, they're going to love each other. Um, and we're like, okay, we'll see. I don't know. That's not really like traditionally um, true. There's a lot of competition in the industry, all that. So anyway, we uh, we went on a double date and we like super hit it off. We were just like riffing the whole double date and our boyfriends were like, mm. 
Um, but uh, it was shut great. Up, shut up, shut up. Stop it. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of like friend dated for a bit, uh, like because, you know, you know did, did she like me as much as I like her? And we ran like a 5K together, um, but I was not a runner. And Allison's like a track athlete. So that was like a lot for me, um, but fun for her, I guess. I didn't know how long five kilometers was. Um, and so that was how it started. She, she, uh, didn't, she didn't know that until like years later. Like she just ran a marathon last year. And she was like, by the way, how far is 5K? I was like, buddy. Like, Wait, but you'd worked, you were like, okay, 5K. And you just kind of forgot. And then you worked your way up to a marathon, right? Or no? No, she knew yeah. it was more, yeah. less. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I just never cared to Google or figure out how long five k right. was. I just started running. And then... You've been training multiple five k's at the point yes. by the time you're doing a marathon. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I only ran a marathon last year because of Allison's like positive influence on me over the last ten years. That never would have happened otherwise. <laughs> so, so um. after you're running, you 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 become friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. We become you friends. finish the 5K, you say, that was a great race. Should we direct together? <laughs> Should, exactly. We yeah. jump right to that. No, we were actors. That was it. And this is the time sort of in um, the industry you might remember when things were slowest for an actor, their agents would be like, well, you should write something for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because web series are, were just sure, becoming you, a thing you, in Broad You're City. suffering from Broad City syndrome. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Now it's sort of commonplace. You know, people will create their own content and, you know, all that stuff. But at that time, it was more formal. And so we started writing together. Uh, towards that end for stuff for us to um, act in. And it was all sketch-based and stuff and comedy forward and um, college humor, that type of um, thing. And we did live sketch stuff, UCB, all that world. And um, we kind of, in the early days, started directing our own content by necessity. Like we started writing and did some branded stuff that the, the budget was so low. They were like, yeah, we'll do this, but like, who's going to make it? And we're like, I guess we will. Um, so we started directing way back then, but then we kind of forgot about it and let it drift to the wayside and focused on writing. And uh, we got some representation and started writing narrative stuff. And um, our first sort of big narrative thing was a pilot we wrote called Granted that got into New York Television Festival that's not around anymore, which is sad because we had such a great time there. Um, it was like one of those festivals that was actually great for networking and all the stuff. We met really cool people. It was had great resources. But anyway. So what was the first paid job you got as a, a team? Uh, uh, BarkBox. <laughs> Literally, BarkBox was our first ever directing job. The, the people who were like, we have no budget, um, but we love what you wrote. Can you just make it? That was our first ever job was like their online Wait, series. What do you mean like they loved what you wrote? Like they loved your, the stuff you wrote for yourself? Like they asked, yeah, they, and they asked, we had like some connection. I think it was my ex knew someone there and they were looking for like a series about dog people, mm-hmm. like a comedy series. And they asked us to write like a few little episodes for YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. And so we did. And then they're like, yeah, can you produce can, these? Can you <laughs> say like, sure, the we can number? figure out how to do that. Can you say what they get, like the total budget? Maybe is that? I, I want to. I mean, if I can remember, I think like it was approximately, like, like just kind of like to give yeah. us a ballpark understanding of what we're. talking I mean, again, about we we did it all by ourselves, so sure. like it was. You I think know, it was like well, ten thousand dollars for like ten episodes or something crazy. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, I awesome! So, this is yeah. great. I have a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's how the stuff Adam was, film and stuff was too. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was that right? Does that sound right? I feel like that was the number, but I thought it was 20. I thought it, like, so 10 each, you know, cause we split everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why <laughs> this happens just a lot, by the way, where someone will mention like the fee for something or the, and we'll like divide it in half and then we'll remember the, <laughs> the, the whole half thing. number. The wrong. The wrong number. Oh yeah. I'm doing something <laughs> with a partner right the now number. and I just got, like I saw in my bank account, like I got the money paid for it. And I was like, I like called her um, and I'm like, Julie, did you also get this money or do I have to split this with you? And she's like, I also oh, got it. Like, oh, oh, nice. Thank God. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. That's that a good feeling. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't tell each other when you get yeah. money. Yeah. No. This is uh, not a healthy relationship. No. 
So did you, um, so then you were kind of, you had directed branded content, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. what it was at the time. And did you know, like, did you even have an idea that there's like production companies and commercial reps and all that stuff? No. No. No, no. we like, we, we had a lot of um, like traction with our writing stuff. So that, that was mostly where we were focused. And then, oh yeah, Bonnie, she, she got pregnant at, um, mm-hmm. like right before the pandemic, right, Bonds? Like, and we were kind of like, okay, like what's the next like echelon of, of our career? Cause like we've been writing all this stuff. We've and were you selling these, screenplays and things? Because, you know, in your not, bio, not you the, had a lot of things set up. The right? first the, the first screenplay we ever sold was this year. So, like, we... But we were working with, like, all these companies to um, do, like, development. You know, like, mm-hmm. they would take... They would ask us to develop IP, and we would take things around with them to all the studios. And, like, you so know... you had, like, they, reps it, that would take you to, hey, meet with MGM. They have this book mm-hmm. and read it and mm-hmm. pitch on it mm-hmm. and you who were exactly. your reps we're with artists first they used to be principato young yeah oh cool who's your agent uh a3 used to oh, be cool. abrams but yeah. everyone has to change abrams, their name. abrams and abrams mm-hmm. yeah exactly all three of them we were working with our class on a writing in a writing capacity like oh, since yeah, they yeah. started so they started like in uh tribeca back in the day not that long ago but a while ago now, and we would work with them as writers, you know, come on to develop ideas or mm-hmm. um, they also like had this weird project when they first started where we launched a Snapchat channel for a online magazine called Elite Daily with them um, and wrote all the content and like it was the whole thing. Um, so that we were right, working with our class in that way. And so we were familiar with them and we did some projects, whatever, as, as writers. And so then... And was I, filmmaking like your primary in, source of income at the time? Writing was. Yeah. Writing yeah. was on, in various capacities. Yeah. And The um, Snapchat job was when we got a taste of like um, what this career could be. Like we mm-hmm. we had like a bonus structure and we had like income coming in every week for a year and we were like holy shit like we could actually like be okay and like do this like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah and did you like, have, I didn't have side to hustles anymore there we go yeah, yeah, yeah. before yeah. that yeah we did yeah and we're still acting too yeah acting as well and yeah so so when that happened and then bonnie also got pregnant we were like okay like how do we like make sure that we like kind of keep mm-hmm. going because having kids um, can kind of be distracting. Um, <laughs> it's not that distracting. It's not, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> we were just sort of wanted something to sort of have, to set some goals as I, I entered into this new uh, time of life to keep us sort of focused. And timeline-wise, you said this is like right as the pandemic is hitting. Is that right? Yeah. No, I was before. Pregnant, yeah, before. I was, I was pregnant in 2019. 2019, gotcha. Um, and so... Uh, I had my twins December 2019. So when I first found out I was pregnant and found out I was twins and I was going through sort of um, processing all that, we were also deciding like, okay, so we want to start directing. Um, How do we do that? And I think it was also born of like, you know, we did so much development work and so much stuff that was theoretical Mm -hmm. that we were like, we wanted to make something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with writing, you just kind of have to keep waiting for someone to say yes. And also, uh, you know, developing all of this insight about the way that things get made and how notes are happening, all of that like branded content stuff. Like you don't realize that it's perfect training ground for advertising. Like obviously it's advertising, Mm -hmm. but like with training wheels in a certain sense, right? Like, like the budgets are lower. There's less oversight from the client and all that stuff, but you still, so you get to do good stuff, but you still see all of the, you know, the machinations of what advertising and what like big budgets could end up being for you. Um, yeah. Was was oh, there yeah. ever a point where you were like writing stuff and then seeing it get made and thinking like, oh, we would have done, we would have yeah. made this better. Yeah. yeah. The shot is ruining the joke. That, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that we, we wrote something right towards like right before we started making this pivot and it was like for art class and they brought in someone to 
to direct it. And I don't think they understood like what we had written, but it didn't really matter because there was such a short time to shoot it. And I remember us sitting on the side, just watching because the director was nice enough to invite us to set. And we were like, it's kind of so boring. Like it it was just, (laughs) and and no one was laughing, even (laughs) though it was like kind of funny. And we were just like, nah, this sucks. Like, I don't know. I think it, it made us realize that it's not that, I mean, there, it's hard. Like we've realized now that we've started, we're like, we're, yeah. we're, we have a lot of work, of work to do. Um, yeah. But it's, it's in, some of it's intuitive. If you've been writing and acting, mm-hmm. like you, you kind of can pick up a lot of it. There's a lot that we, there's a huge learning curve, but. Yeah. I think we yeah. thought, oh, oh yeah, we can just jump from writing to directing easy peasy, no problem. Um, and then we. You know, how to learn the hard way, learn the hard way. Um, But yeah, I think it's true that like, you know, because we've been on, I was a child actor. So I've been on set since I was young and Allison started really young too. So we've been on sets and seeing it through that lens, which has been, which has been really helpful now that we're directing. Um, And the writing part of it, those two really helped inform how we direct and what we do now. But yeah, we, so that's all to say all this stuff was sort of ruminating and we decided, okay, so how do we do this? And we're like, well, let's take some of this sweet, sweet, you know, Snapchat money and produce two shorts. Like, and we kind of tried to orient it where like one of us, we were going to co-direct it, but sort of one of us would be the lead in one and the other one would sort of mm-hmm. direct and vice versa. So we wouldn't. We had no be- one else to act in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we wrote these shorts and we directed them while I was pregnant in 2019 and um, decided to, yeah, just sort of put them into the festival circuit and <clears throat> try to, you know, get into production company. And our class was one that we had the main connection with. And so we were really so lucky a natural fit. Out. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love the way to kind of develop a relationship kind of sideways a little bit, like to be doing a slightly different job that's still creative but to build a real rapport with people. And it reminds me of, I, I feel like I know a handful of directors that kind of came up that way. And it's not a thing that we talk about very much. I think like on the show, it's a lot of like, you know, a, a viral short or like something that did mm-hmm. well at a festival or whatever, like a great spec and then, you know, or, or an indie feature and you're off to the races. But like, um, we're always looking for ways for people to kind of grow incrementally you know, like to just take those baby steps. And um, I love that. Like the idea of writing branded content gives you, you're in the crow's nest, you know, like you get to see everything that, um, that it takes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. Cause I feel like m- at least half of our guests kind of became directors that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. like editors, sure. like Kabir Akhtar. Yeah, was, yeah. No, that's right, true. Crazy ex-girlfriend. We and, just talk about the, mm-hmm. the other version a little bit more, I guess. I think yeah. we fantasize about the, yeah. Like I think as a director, you're like, if I make that short mm-hmm, and it gets into mm-hmm. Sundance and I get the, the feature and I do bullet. this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, right. like you want to be a, a, like wanted for your talent. Um, not just because mm-hmm. you happen to know someone, but yeah. then like most people don't get to show their talent yeah. until they know someone. Yeah. Yeah. Know? There's a lot of like, well, I guess Oren could do it. Right. Like yeah. that's a, those first That's how jobs. I got my first <laughs> yeah, yeah. paid gig was. Yeah. Well, my, you know, everyone knows my first paid gig was a CPR training video that my aunt gave me. But my second paid gig was I was just dating someone that had a show and the director dropped out. And I was like, please let me direct it. I made all these YouTube videos. Um, (laughs) And she's like, okay. Um, So that's amazing. Yeah. Helps to sleep with the right people. Hey, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Well, sometimes there's something like that. But yeah, sure. <laughs> As history shows. <laughs> uh, Editor Noah, feel free to clean this up if you need to, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm joking. So now you're a directing duo. You're doing a lot of commercial. And you have you have like a really strong aesthetic, too. Like if you look at that, the Mindy Kaling stuff, you know, um, and then all the way, like the Martha Stewart stuff, the Ken Jong stuff you did recently, like um, obviously you do a lot of comedy, but it's also kind of like, kind of punchy and mm-hmm. your face and like bright and cool and it has a feel to it like how did you develop that as a duo is it something that you just kind of fell into and it's like you just you both like it or was it like a choice you made and then 
Um, or is it I feel like we're still developing are you stuck in that? Like but, you did it once and now people only hire you for that thing, which is, you know, what happened to me. No, I, I, <laughs> a lot of our jobs have been kind of like diverse. I mean, we, we want to get out of the social media, like, you know, making TikToks cause we mm-hmm. look younger or mm-hmm. whatever thing, but, but like, yeah, yeah we're still younger. trying to really hone it's in really on that. It's really hard, Oren. Yeah. yeah. The, it's a tough frost to bear. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, we want to hone in on it. I think we're still honing it. I think um, it definitely wasn't a conscious choice. I think it's what we want to be doing is that stuff. So when we get because, you know, I think there's, I'm sure, you know, there's some stuff work that you do that isn't like the stuff that you put out there as much. because As our friend Jordan Brady says, shoots you do for the deals and shoots you do for the reels. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we've, we've done our fair share of social native content sure. that we are happy to do because we're happy to work and it's oh, yeah. fun. And I think I saw one of your treatments for, uh, for something. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like a, a very social thing. Yeah. Not, it has nothing to do with art class. It was a treatment designer had showed us we were like picking treatment designers just betraying was, trust left and right yeah. or, uh, <laughs> and they sent us like four right. other treatments they did it was i, I was doing it was kind of like uh, a oh, social so like as a, an example of like hey i'm very example, good at designing treatments yeah here's and they, the proof is in the pudding yeah yeah and it was one of yours um and i was like oh this is awesome i think it was like a it seemed kind of snapchatty i wonder if it was a lot of gifts mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but i feel like i don't know I, every treatment now is just yeah yeah, chock yeah. Full of gifts but it was it was awesome. I like I yeah, 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 great stuff. Um, um, it was not. I was not up against you or anything. <laughs> um, I'm not, you I know what? You. <laughs> I'm watching you, buddy. Yeah, you should. Yes. I encourage it. Put but I'm not between I mean, the crosshairs. Take them out. Do you usually make enemies on this podcast? Is that? Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is like slowly one by one, the entire town is just like freaking Kaplan. The goal is like if I don't want like by the end of this podcast, I want you like if you hear that I'm up for something. The goal is for you to be just, like, yeah, just we, we, we'll sit this one out. We don't, wanna, we don't even, even want to deal with this guy. Honestly, that might have already happened. Like that might, you know, well, you don't have to tell me that. Please, okay? Gosh, don't give him the satisfaction, please. Uh, the TikTok social of it all. Like, I understand, like, uh, you know, I think the grass is always greener. But there's a part of me and, and, and I shared that sentiment for a long time. And like, look, of course, we all want Super Bowl spots or like those big, big broadcast spots. But I think that that the number of those jobs is dwindling, right? There are fewer and fewer of those opportunities. And the social is is growing and you get to do some weirder stuff. I I feel personally like I'm kind of maybe um, less worried about it as long as the budgets are there. And maybe that's the undercurrent, right? Like maybe that's the real issue is like, who cares what medium, but like, if you have the resources to pull something cool off, then it's fine. Right. That's exactly it. I don't think there's any like snobbery from us about, you know, if it's social or vertical frames or all that, it's, it's that like the budgets are smaller, but it's it's the same amount of work, Mm -hmm. you know, to prep a shoot and pull off a shoot and, you know, uh, think about it and have it all done. So I think that that's the thing that, feels hard sometimes is that they don't put the same money behind social because they're like oh it's just social but you know if you want it to be cool you want it to be impressive and you care which we always do we want it to yeah so it's hard when the the budget's not there um and that gets frustrating and that's why you know you start coveting the super bowl spot or whatever because you're like oh when there's more money then you can play more and do all the things but what I was going to say about the social stuff is I think that might have something to do with the punchiness of some of our mm-hmm. more traditional spots is that, you know, we've done a lot of that. So we bring that sensibility in, I think, even without thinking about it sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. they're good. They're really good, though, because even like a good 30 broadcast spot nowadays needs to be kind of in your face. And like the worst thing is like a slow paced commercial, you know? Yeah, I, I, think. I feel like the last big campaign I did thinking about it it feels old-fashioned in a certain sense it feels paced down in a way that like it would i don't know that it would hit on tiktok i know it wouldn't hit on tiktok you know and so like where where the media buys all that stuff is you know right it's interesting yeah we we, oh sorry we were talking about like what it will look like when we direct like our first feature or something and we were saying 
you know, this has become, it's sort of become who we are as directors. Like we're, like we said, we're still honing in on the visual style, but um, yeah. Like what if this medium can sort of influence little things that we bring to a larger scale and that's like our calling card or whatever, but we're still trying to figure out exactly what that'll look like, but it's fun to, it's fun to get any job you guys. Fair, fair. But also like, that's the other allure of commercials is like, Oh, you get to try something out, you know, in a, in a yeah. short time frame, see if you like it or not. And if not, you know, you can move on or maybe that becomes your whole thing. Um, you get to work during strikes. Sure, you do get to work during strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, have you Thank all God. done a uh, anything since doing like a like a personal project since you started directing commercials? I, we directed a a friend's short. The main thing that we we've done that wasn't a commercial project since we started directing, and that was, I think we kind of had that feeling where we're like, yeah, who's who's there? And also, it was you know a friend's short budget and so it was mm-hmm. like you know complaining about social budgets those are still robust compared to you know a personal project sure. so doing that again and stuff i mean we we do really small one-off sort of shoots for fun sometimes but that's yeah when I'm, the twins come it's like it would be nice to get paid on a job yeah, yeah. Of just paying the babysitter yeah yeah i'm trying to we we have ideas that we've tossed around we're like oh yeah we got to do it we got to do that but I think we've we should no, but we've been con- we constantly write like that's that that's what I was saying is that this year we, we sold our first film like we've feature, been working hey, on hey, different projects. Congratulations, yeah, that's awesome. And so are you not set up you. to direct it? No, no. It's I think hopefully ideally it'll be a lot bigger budget than I mean maybe once it gets made we'll be at that level. Who knows? Um, but yeah. It's, but uh, I think you are at that. Like I mean your your commercial work is good. You worked with very famous mm-hmm. people. You've worked with real budgets. Like you wrote the script. It seems yeah. It's it's hard maybe at our level to get someone else's script. You know, mm-hmm. at a studio level. Yeah. But if you are, if it's your I mean, we'll throw our hats in the ring or and like we're not against it, but let's do um, it. Yeah. I'll do VFX for you. Yeah. Great. Uh, Thank you. Matt, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, Matt will promote it on our podcast. (laughs) Uh, Matt's like, it's VFX. Yeah. Very good. Not good. Um, No, I, and I I apologize if you've heard this before, but you, there is like a little bit of like the style of your work that kind of reminds me of like Jocelyn and Don. Do you know them? they made a uh, greener grass. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. They were yeah, college we, humor we people grass. back in the day. Yeah. That's and a, they did yeah. like some Adam yeah. ruins everything. And they did a bunch of, sh- they did some shorts and they do a lot of commercial work now. And it has kind of that bright, poppy, colorful mm-hmm. feel. And for them, it's like super clear to see how their commercial work is affecting their feature work and their feature work is right. Like, like there mm-hmm. is a consistency mm-hmm. of aesthetic across their work but, but regardless the, of like the long form versus the feature came first in that case right like i think and it'd be fun to have them back on. and they were actors yeah, too. yeah they were actors too yeah um yeah. Uh, and old pals but i think uh i imagine that greener grass was like such a cool movie with such a clear point mm-hmm. of view i always imagine that like a creative director is like a big fan of the movie and then sees that they're pitching and says, oh, wouldn't it be great if they did greener grass, but for Ikea or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, it's a clear calling card. Yeah. It's their yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. It's their vibe. Yeah. yeah. You guys should have them on the podcast. I want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, been on. Yeah. It's, we haven't had them on since they started doing commercials, though. Like it was when. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Fun. I think they've been I, doing I them for a while. Yeah, we should. We'll hit them up, though. That's actually a great idea. We actually got our first um, open directing gig this year technically so in january there's a there's a, um an indie film that was looking for a director and we sort of pitched on it it was a last minute thing they needed someone and it was all greenlit and they just were packaging it together and we're like put our idea for we got it basically um and, and you got then it through your manager we got that actually through what was that how do we know jesse i know him from well he's actually someone that vince introduced that's what i thought, me yeah. to like 10 years ago 
when I was acting, like he, he's a producer and he had a reading and Vince was like, Oh, you need an actress. Allison's one. So yeah, again, mm-hmm. Vince, That's yeah, cool. Vince is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah, putting, we, so we, we prepped, we started prepping it. Um, and that was so fun because after this, this was pretty recently. So we'd done a lot of commercial work at that point. And that I would say is like kind of the first personal project almost, or, mm-hmm. you know, cr- uh, non-commercial project that we were diving into and having all this experience now and compared to like when we did those shorts, um, that was just like kids in a candy shop. Like, wait, we, you know, have some sort of budget and it's, it was like the right tone for us was like a dark comedy and all that stuff. And so that was amazing. And it's, uh, and then the, the lead actress like fell through and green, the money was still there, but she's, you know, we don't have the person who sells it in post. So it ended up not happening, but, um, it still could possibly happen, but it's sort of on hold. Um, yeah. So we're that not, was really we're not fun. banking on it. Sure. No. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not waiting around, but that was, that, that feeling was really fun. I guess I'm curious about just like your brand like obviously you have you go by bonabart bonabart mm-hmm. bonabart yeah bonabart because uh bonnie and uh half barton which is allison's last name my last name right barton. A. barton and then you know obviously you you share an instagram account which is probably mm-hmm. hard um and then and mm-hmm. and you're a duo like do you, as you think do you work on like creating like the name and the website like is that something that you feel like helps you get jobs like i like i think especially like a feature you know it's just, i guess i'm just thinking about um like if i was looking for a director and then i was like oh there's a duo and they're bonabart and they have this and that mm. like that whole thing and you know we've all like seen these like there's a director named director x or something i'm like who is this asshole right. i am but, jealous you know, his work of is pretty good. directors who whether they're a duo or a collective or a moniker a yeah, moniker i am yeah. gotta it, get a moniker it's sticky, guys. right it is sticky like to be a guy named matt you know <laughs> you're at a disadvantage of course yeah. i'm i mean you know debatable but uh but yes it, you know i'm jealous <laughs> for sure i'm jealous yeah so so talk to us about how conscious is the branding effort like, how does that come together? The branding. You know? Yeah. Well, okay. So Bonaparte was around for a while. That was sort of uh, from the writing days. We thought it was because we did everything together and we have a joint email, um, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, saving a lot of people. money on Gmail accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sa- saving mm-hmm. money where we can. Um, and it also helps us, <laughs> uh, you know, write certain emails because we can use that United We um mm-hmm. royal we kind of thing and uh united front so that's but it's also just easier one of us you know can feel things but um yeah what do you want to what do you want to say about the branding al i mean i mean I think- like yeah we have thought about it a lot like yeah. it's it is i mean uh bonnie's husband is in marketing at hbo so I he didn't- did like a deck <laughs> a deck for us he was like listen this is how you have to present yourself mm-hmm. It was his idea for us to do uh, jumpsuits. We decided they got to have name tags because no one ever knows who the hell we are on commercial stuff. Wait, do you two? Hold um, on. Sorry. Forgive me. You for were jumpsuits. You were ju- yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we, so we, we were, were directing for jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. We were directing for a bit. Yeah. And Sorry, I'm just laughing at Matt's reaction. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I feel embarrassed that I didn't know that. I should have done my homework. Okay. You've never been on set with us. Um, but like, yeah. Is this not a jumpsuit podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not what we signed up for. Is it? Is uh, it? We we a new jumpsuit used to every think day. We were makeup. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. People, yeah, people used to. We'd come to set and people would be like, "Oh, are you talent? Are you makeup? Mm-hmm. Are you like it's sexist?" And we were just like, you know what? No, we're the you know mm-hmm. we're here. Oh, like, you mean like, be- just because I all... carry makeup <laughs> brushes on my tool belt? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Like, we had a full yeah, just because I'm like fucking hot. <laughs> but you no, mean before no, before the jumpsuits be is what you're saying. People yeah. would make, make that mistake. Yeah. yeah. And so, so did you try wearing berets? Yes. And people were oh, like, are no. you the French mm-hmm. resident mm-hmm. French person on are set? You, like, French no. Yeah. 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 Um, no, but they just, you know what? And it's like more manly. Like you don't have to think about what the heck you're going to wear. And if your stomach yeah. is going to show or like you're, it's too tight on your butt <laughs> or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, we don't want to think about it. And so one less decision, but yeah, it, it was yeah. like, yeah, my husband is in marketing and he's just like, 
really good at branding. He's really good. He's done it for all of his friends and stuff where he'll come in and be like, yo, this is like, he puts together a deck. He loves it. He does a little presentation and stuff. Um, and this was sort of like, things were starting to pick up for us. And he was like, he offered to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. And he had some really great ideas about, um, yeah, the, the jumpsuits and our approach. Cause he had heard our sort of gripes about mm-hmm. how we're perceived on set stuff. And that was his idea. And he had just sort Did of, Did he have an to- easel that was covered with like some sort mm-hmm. of curtain? And mm-hmm. then he called you into the room and he pulled it, whipped it off with a flourish. He had a and metal said, pointer. Pretty much. Said a, bo- a bone apart. I have, I yeah. have real, <laughs> yeah. uh, I have real questions about the jumpsuit yeah. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a different jumpsuit each time? You said you have name tags. Or yeah. is it like consistent? Like, oh, we always wear a certain color. Tell, tell me more. Get, let, I promised. Let's get granular. Like day one. We have like eight. You have eight. Okay. About eight. We have like eight. And they, mm-hmm. they're coordinated. Like sometimes they're like complementary colors, but they're always the same mm-hmm. brand. And then the patches we get like on Etsy and we and they're sewn on. But awesome. They look awesome. really snazzy. You guys got to see the pic. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and the cool thing wait, about Where can our listeners that, check out these photos? On our Instagram. On our Instagram. Yeah. Oh. They're definitely to, on there. If Instagram you do a deep dive. But no, no, wait. But the cool thing about it is that clients and agency get really excited about mm-hmm. it. And it's really mm-hmm. sweet. Like they show up in their own jumpsuits with name tags. And like they like, or it's a reason to like have a little like, group like for yeah. them to feel included because yeah. they've worked so hard on this campaign too so i feel like it's yeah. like a fun demonstration of that yeah yeah it's become really fun yeah. people get excited about it um so we we can never stop look i know we've we've had this podcast for a long time you would be surprised how much orin and i talk about what to wear to set like we still kind of don't know <gasps> yeah. what to wear yeah because you want to look cool you, you want to look, look cool. cool like neither like we're comedy directors so like it's a little bit different. There's le- like if I was a music video director, I would need to show up looking cool. Like I get a little bit of a right. hall pass, but but it's still a thing where like I'm anxious and like it's a different deal. But like certainly people are still like, what do you do when you're on set? Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm not right. hauling anything. They're like, why aren't you working? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I love this because a it's it's great branding, like you've said, and then it's interesting to bring it into something that other people can participate in, right? Like mm-hmm. that makes yeah. it uh, really special and cool. That's awesome. That's really cool, you guys. And we want everyone start wearing jumpsuits. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I'm gonna suit. start putting it in my treatments. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's a picture yeah. of me. With a mid-journey, yeah. a Photoshop maybe, generated jump. Give up this competition thing. Just become a trio. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Combine your camera work, your guys' expertise with you know whatever we've got going on. Let's go. Do you guys? You guys split a rate, right? Is that when you're a duo? Yeah. Do yeah. you ever try to like yeah. ask for more because you're a duo? You're like you're getting two people, or do uh, you yeah, just do twice as many yeah. jobs? We ask. <laughs> We do a lot of jobs. We do a lot of jobs. Yeah. That's like part of the WGA strike, right? Like sure. they hire a lot of these teams and they pay them, they get two people for the price of one. Because you definitely yeah. do get a bit more with two of us because we can cover more ground in a day. Like mm-hmm. I don't think one person could have done that day with 20 deliverables. Like I think there, there was no way they would have had to. Split so it so it's a selling point besides just having two brains it's also two bodies basically mm-hmm. yeah it can be we, we prefer to be like on the same set but that to, to do that we had to split up and we're each on separate stages mm-hmm. um and running like two completely different shoots uh but we prefer to be side by side to me the duo like why i always dreamt of having a brother <laughs> wanted to direct with me or, <laughs> like being, or being a duo creative brothers, brothers for, for the okay. record <laughs> useless um uh but it like because to me, as a director, especially in the commercial world, you're, you know, you're pitching, you're like, you're writing treatments, you're doing calls, you're prepping, you're shooting. And then I think the thing, at least for me, that suffers the most is post because you're like, mm-hmm. you, it's hard to prioritize post over like the next treatment, you know, pitch. And But if there's two of you and like, you can be like, hey, you look over the edit and you work on this treatment. And hey, I, I not noted some things down here. I'm throwing it over to you. I got to go to this wedding or whatever. Can you finish it? Yeah. But like. When you're one person, it's like, hey, I'm on a family vacation, but sure, I'll get on this call and pitch this thing. And 
okay, family, go mm. enjoy the movie. I'm going to write this, try to write this treatment because it's due tomorrow morning. Um, but just having that support of splitting the work just seems like a dream. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but like, do you feel like there's le- that you two are doing less work than the work of one director? Like, it's not like a 50 50 split. I imagine it's. Hmm. I think like probably 80% of what one director would do for each exactly. of you, right? Yeah, I think it is like, I think the fun part is that the, like, um, I hate this word, but I use it now, ideating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> portion of this process is is great because there's two of us and it's sort of like a mini writer's room or something where we can kind of bounce ideas off of each other and we have that part in the forming of the idea and the creative process. And then then, yeah, we can divvy stuff up um and tag team it and that but i i don't i don't think it's 50 50 i think it's probably like something like 80 because it's still yeah you still have to both you're both on the same calls though right it's not like you can be like hey i'm out of here can you cover for me like that doesn't happen very frequently i imagine yeah and like right if if one of us is gonna say oh i'll write this the other person still has to look over it and then kind of do a pass <laughs> which takes a long time anyways so even if you're doing half of it you're still gonna redo it mm-hmm. yeah but but definitely it's a lighter load than um one director like especially when it comes to personal things like we're able to have lives and stuff and then also keep the work flowing there have been occasional shoots where you know we'll prep everything together and one of us will be on set and the other one isn't like sometimes that does happen uh for whatever reason and so that's been hard is to like just trust myself or you know just be like okay there's no one there to uh sign off on this um and wait for those game time decisions yeah. and stuff if it does pop up and, and so, it's a lot yeah. more fun it's more fun like directing oh, yeah. can be very lonely yeah, yeah it's like we started a podcast because of it <laughs> Right. Drove you to podcasting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Thanks for coming on the podcast and thanks for talking to us. And um, I'm really excited to be on the roster with you. I like art class and I think it's fun to meet the other directors that you're working with. And obviously, I'm Matt and I have this podcast. So it's it's cool that, you know, we get to talk to other filmmakers and find out. Uh, what their insecurities are so we can take advantage of it when we're um, (laughs) yeah i was gonna say maybe we could bury the hatchet now but no i guess not yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 (laughs) yeah salt in the wound yeah yeah great yeah before we hop into unpaid endorsements um how can people keep track of all of the awesome projects that you're making uh instagram it sounds like to bonabart so b-o-n-a-b-a-r-t the number four and the letter u so two Bonnevart for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Was cool. that did that come from your husband, Bonnie? Or? No, that was all us. That was uh... <laughs> He was like, I got followed by this account. Is this you? I can make I... you a deck. Bonnevart. Yeah. Let me stop. That, that, that's what inspired him to make yeah. a deck. He's like, You two need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Do you two have a, a minute longer to endorse with us? Yeah, of course. Unpaid endorsements. There's this website, 11labs.io. Have you heard of it? No. It's a uh, green screen AI? It's AI. It's AI. It's uh, it's like a voice generator. Like yes, you need a narrator. Yeah. You just, yeah, like, yeah. If you need Morgan Freeman for your TikTok, you would go to 11labs. And you do need Morgan Freeman for your TikTok. Yeah. 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 I don't Wait, think... it generates like people's voices? Like, like it, it's like a deep fake for voice? No, mostly dog voices. Yes, people's <laughs> oh. voices. <laughs> no, but but, no, but like her question is like celebrities' person? voices versus a satellite. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I think it does like a lot, but like if you want to just test it out, you can just go to 11labs.io. And if you're doing like a pitch or something and you want, you just need like a, I think you, a man's voice, you can do different languages too. So I don't think I would use it like for production, but you know, when I pitch, I like to make a lot of materials and videos and uh, concepts and things like that. And so I, I would use it for something like that. Um, and I'm also just on that. I'm going to like triple down on Adobe podcast, which is, I don't know if you, if you guys have ever used it, but it's like, you just go to, I think it's podcast.adobe.com. You upload any audio file and it will remove all the background noise. So if you just have really bad audio, like you recorded something and there's like music in the background, it will like literally take the music out and it sounds oh, wow. amazing. You can record like on your phone, like from 20 feet away next to a lawnmower and it will 
give you back just your voice and it sounds good. It, it's totally, it's like wow. magic. I know everyone hates Twitter. I hate Twitter too, but there is this pretty okay. good tweet that I read from this guy named Chris Blattman. He's at C Blatts, B-L-A-T-T-S. And I'll just read the first part of it, which he says, I just hired a 21-year-old for their first job. What basic professional advice do they need? Here's what I tell all my new staff, but perhaps you can add, I'll start small. And he just talks about like how to be professional, like a, a list. And he, like his number one thing is use an online calendar, have a foolproof system of reminders so you never forget a deadline or obligation. Um, organize your contact. You just kind of like the things that I think, you know, are, are kind of obvious, but he'll have little things about how to email professionally, you know, and I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I like, you, you know, from this podcast, I love just like to improve those little things that we do mm-hmm. every day. Like how Soft to, skills, they call them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how to just, because that's my biggest thing. It's like, I keep being late to meetings and I'm like, not sure how to ask for something in an email or how to address something. And so anyway, Chris Blattman, um, yeah, it's his, his tweet about professional advice. I liked it at C Blatt's B-L-A-T-T-S on Twitter. So those are, that's what I got right now. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I, first of all, matcha. Matcha is my drink. Matcha tea or um, matcha? Is it matcha is a no. tea, right? Or it's matcha tea. is, it's a green tea. But, you know, I like to make it in lattes. Mostly I like to buy it. Bonnie and I love cha-cha matcha, which is, they have a draft matcha latte with coconut milk. That is like, that's, that's what you should try first if you've never had matcha. Can you tell us how much that drink costs? (laughs) It's like in a $7 range, which is way too much. But like, if you're having a bad day, Mm -hmm. it will make it better. Guaranteed. Uh, the other thing I saw, like, or heard today on Happier in Hollywood podcast was be a, it was an old episode and it was, um, be a boulder pusher, which I kind of liked that idea of, um, when someone's pitching an idea, you can be a boulder pusher. Like, you know, Bonnie and I always try to do that, like, yes, and each other's ideas instead of sitting on top of the boulder and being like, well, no, that won't work mm-hmm. because of X. So this is B-O-U-L-D-E-R, um, right? Yeah. Not be, not bold, like have bold ideas. But I guess it could be both. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, there you go. No, like the big rock. Yeah. Okay. The big rock. Is um, it like be a Sisyphus? I, I don't think I'm familiar with yeah, this podcast. You, you said Happier in Hollywood. I don't think I know the show. Yeah, it's like script notes, except it's two women who, I, Liz, Car- I forget their names. It's not the screenwriting life. Up. No, no, no. It's a, it's under the um, Gretchen Rubin Happiness Labs mm, umbrella. Okay. Uh, so they're talking about like a, being showrunners and uh, screenwriters, and basically also what brings them joy within that industry, like make, you know, having a healthy life. I was really trying to think of uh, what, what I'm, I asked my husband, like, what, am I excited about anything um, that I've talked about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's probably two, there's, uh, there's a, so for this, the screenplay we or pitch that we sold to Amazon, we're doing some, we're not writing it obviously because of the FDA strike, but doing some background research and reading a book about, um, like uh, sexual health because it's a very raunchy rom-com um, and it's called come as you are. And it's very good and interesting. If you're just curious about well, that stuff, how do you spell C O M E. Okay. But it is a double entendre. Um, yeah. So that's a really interesting book and it's, you know, probably useful for anyone to read. Mostly it's about women's sexual health, but it's a, uh, a very interesting read she breaks it down very conversational it's a good book and he's like that's, that's the only thing you're talking about lately but the <laughs> other exciting thing because i have uh, uh twin boys is uh, an institution called catch air which is an indoor playground that is a national chain and you can bring your kids and when it's hot as hell out and they um is it like a around. trampoline park it's not a trampoline park um which are great an also oxygen bar it's an oxygen bar for toddlers <laughs> um no it's just like you know bouncy it, it's not even bouncy house. It's like um, just like these tall, soft play structures, and you know, it's not new, but it's they're great, and I'm excited about them. I don't know if there's any in LA. 
I'm sure there's something like it. Well, my unpaid endorsement is we're recording this on uh, uh, Monday, July 31st, the day that Pee Wee Herman passed away. Um, I am. Which. Uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah, it's a huge, huge loss. Um, but Max, formerly HBO max and hbo go before that i guess uh anyway they were like uh in memoriam like showing some old peewee stuff and i was like oh i'll check this out for a second um that i thought i'd watch it with my daughter and it turns out that it was the peewee herman show not peewee's playhouse which is like the original stage show there's a live audience it's for adults and was really kind of cool to watch it's all the same dna like the art direction is there you know talking um, chairs and stuff yeah 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 for sure it's not that far off but it is kind of a wild thing to see a slightly younger paul rubens doing an uncut live stage show like there's multiple cameras and things but like like literally you can see him sweating he's like wearing the suit he's like running around he's like feeding off the energy of the crowd and it's wild to just see how this kind of you know groundlings character became a stage show and then became a kid's show and how the dna is shared like it's all the same thing but there are distinct shifts but they're smaller than you would expect to go from something adult into something for kids. And um, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of a unique way to um, to look back on a career and a character. And uh, it was pretty wild. Did your daughter like it? Uh, she liked it. She's, she's one terrifying. and a half. She's like, oh, the, there's flashing <laughs> oh, colors right. and stuff. Yeah. She likes screens. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. like, she yes. licked the TV twice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, this was great. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. Thank of you. Course. Do you have other social media you want to plug? To Bonabart for Don't you. Don't forget the at at the yeah, beginning. <laughs> to Bonabart for you is the main yep. uh, channel for everything. Awesome. Great. Right. Just um, we're just like on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the way to go. Well, yeah. you can follow me across all social media at Mr. Matt Enlow, and you can follow the show at Just Shoot a Pod uh, across most things. You can email us at justshootapod at gmail.com if you have longer form questions or if you don't want to hit Orin or I up separately. We got to get a Threads account. I'm at O'Kaplan <laughs> on Threads and Instagram. Uh, and this show is edited by Noah Bayshore. Our producer is Tyler Small. You're listening to music from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.